I invite you to remain standing in body or spirit as we read from God's holy word today. When the day of Pentecost had come, they were all together in one place. Suddenly, a sound like the blowing of a violent wind came from heaven and filled the whole house where they were sitting. And they saw what seemed like tongues of fire that separated and came to rest on each of them. And all of them were filled with the Holy Spirit and began to speak in other tongues as the Spirit enabled them. Now they were staying in Jerusalem, God-fearing Jews from every nation under heaven. And when they heard this sound, a crowd came together in bewilderment because each one heard their own language being spoken. Utterly amazed, they asked, aren't all these who are speaking Galileans? Then how is it that each of us hears them in our own native language? Parthians, Medes, and Elamites, residents of Mesopotamia, Judea, and Cappadocia, Pontus and Asia, Phrygia and Pamphylia, Egypt and the parts of Libya near Cyrene, visitors from Rome, both Jews and converts to Judaism, Cretans and Arabs, we hear them declaring the wonders of God in our own tongues. Amazed and perplexed, they asked one another, what does this mean? Some of them, however, made fun of them and said, they have had too much wine. Then Peter stood up with the 11, raised his voice and addressed the crowd. Fellow Jews and all of you who live in Jerusalem, let me explain this to you. Listen carefully to what I say. These people are not drunk as you suppose. It's only nine o'clock in the morning. No, this is what was spoken by the prophet Joel. In the last days, God says, I will pour out my spirit on all people. Your sons and daughters will prophesy. Your young men will see visions. Your old men will dream dreams. Even on my servants, both men and women, I will pour out my spirit in those days and they will prophesy. I will show wonders in the heavens above and signs on the earth below, blood and fire and billows of smoke. The sun will be turned to darkness and the moon to blood before the coming of the great and glorious day of the Lord. And everyone who calls on the name of the Lord will be saved. May God add blessing to the reading, hearing, and understanding of this portion of God's holy word. This is the word of God for us, the people of God. Thanks be to God. It is indeed a joy to be together on this Pentecost Sunday. Again, I want to say a special word of welcome to those joining with us online from wherever you are. Um, We are just so incredibly thankful for this opportunity to gather together in the worship of God. Let us turn to God in an attitude of prayer. God, may the words of my mouth and the meditation of all of our hearts be acceptable in your sight. O Lord, our rock and our redeemer. Amen. Throughout the centuries, many churches on this day of Pentecost have tried really, really hard to in some way physically encapsulate the power of the Holy Spirit at Pentecost. In a church that I served, we took a hula hoop and we attached ribbons to it and hung it from our very tall ceilings so that when the light hit the ribbons, the glitter would gleam off and there would be light that was coming off of this powerful thing down from the ceiling. And when the air conditioning hit the ribbons, they would wave like that wind rushing in our midst. 
Some churches have doves on long poles with ribbons coming out of them and they are waved through the worship space, inviting us to consider that Holy Spirit moving among us. Still other churches, before it was declared that this was not environmentally safe, um, would have balloons for all of the congregants to take out into the world and release at the same time into the air so that all of these red balloons would be seen going up to the heavens and out into the world, a reminder of the spirit leaving this place and going with us as we go forth. I think one of the reasons why we try so hard to encapsulate and to, to physically represent that power of the spirit moving in our midst is because we have a really hard time envisioning what that looks like. And if we're honest with ourselves, I believe that instead of treating the Holy Spirit like balloons released into the world, we often treat it like a tetherball. Imagine, if you will, a large pole from which a ball is hung and tethered attached to that pole. And we hit the ball and it moves around going between one another who are standing in this circle. Yes, the ball moves and yes, it impacts those around us, but we want it to be within our control. We want to control that Holy Spirit if we're being honest with ourselves. We can see this in art that has been created over the centuries as well in telling this Pentecost narrative. We have art that despite the fact that our scripture says there was this kind of chaotic wind blowing and fire moving, it's this lovely, serene scene of little individual flames above all of the 12 disciples gathered there. These nice pictures of a nice and organized Pentecost Sunday where the Holy Spirit comes to us exactly as we would wish and plan for it to. Sometimes I think that when we say, come Holy Spirit, we, at least in our minds, invite that Holy Spirit to come with some caveats and footnotes. Come Holy Spirit, but only if you do it within my plan. <laughs> come Holy Spirit, but not if it requires too much change for me. Come Holy Spirit, but not if it makes me get too uncomfortable. Come Holy Spirit into our churches but not if there's too much change and transition associated with it. Not if it's too hard. But on that first Pentecost Sunday, that Holy Spirit that was moving was doing so without footnotes or caveats. The Holy Spirit that came into that place could not be controlled. And it transformed the lives of those gathered there, initiating them into this new thing that God was creating that went far beyond what they could have possibly envisioned or imagined. I doubt that they imagined that worship could look like it does today. 
I doubt that they imagined that this religion and this person that they were seeking to follow would spread across the whole earth in the way that it has still 2,000 years later. In that moment, the Holy Spirit moved in a way that they could not predict, that they could not plan, and that they could not control. And thank goodness that they listened and followed where it led. Pentecost, the celebration of Pentecost for the Jewish people, was a celebration of the receiving of the Ten Commandments from God. It was a day where Jews would gather from wherever they were living, from the diaspora. You see, Jews had been scattered uh, centuries before when they had been conquered by various peoples. They were scattered into the countries surrounding Judea, surrounding Jerusalem. And while some of them came back into that holy space and that holy city and that holy area, when their conquerors were conquered by others. Not all of them did, and they were scattered, still living as people kind of without this country. People who were Yahweh worshipers in the midst of others, in the midst of others in an empire where they didn't always feel like they had a place or a belonging, where they were speaking languages that were their everyday languages, but that were not necessarily languages that connected them to their God. But on Pentecost and on other holy days, they would gather together to remember what bound them all as worshipers of Yahweh. Remembering that manifestation of God on those stone tablets that came down to lead the people, their ancestors, in living righteously and creating a community of justice and equity in creating a people who lived into the ways and the laws of God. And then on this Pentecost, there was another manifestation of God that came down, not in words written on stone, but in a spirit written on hearts, echoing the words and the life of the manifestation of God in the person of Jesus Christ, leading them to be this new manifestation now that the word made flesh was no longer among them. They were from this moment on to be the embodiment of the one who was no longer with them presently. As the spirit came upon them, they were to be those who lived into that work of Jesus, the holy work of transforming this world and their community and their lives into a world of justice and righteousness, of reaching out and offering healing and inclusion and life transformation for this world where people were spread out and scattered and hurting. And so as people received that Holy Spirit, I imagine that there were a lot of questions, that there were a lot of concerns, 
that there was a lot of trepidation because they, like us, may have wanted to control that spirit of God. As Peter got up and spoke of the spirit being poured out on all people, men and women, servants, old and young, of the voices and the words and the spirit and power of God being given to people whom their society and their world said should not have a voice. I imagine that those people gathered in that place may have been filled with fear and anxiety about what this might look like. What was this spirit of God going to do? But they received it because they themselves felt cast away and cast out and like they needed that spirit. They received that spirit in that spirit, not just the words of God spoken in their own languages, but they received in that spirit a place and a purpose in God's work that was going on, in God's work of bringing about this way of living and being that was exemplified in the person of Jesus Christ. And they could not control it, despite how much they tried. And we do try. We do our best to stifle and to subvert sometimes the Holy Spirit, if we're being honest with ourselves. We want that tetherball. We want it to move, but we want it to move within our control. And it doesn't go well when that happens. The fall, as it is known in the Bible, when Adam and Eve ate from the fruit of the tree of the knowledge and good and evil, that was initiated when they were trying to know and to be God. And it didn't go well. <laughs> and it doesn't go well for us. When we try to control who can receive God's blessing, when we try to control who is part of God's community based on our stereotypes and judgments, when we try to control whose stories are worth sharing, I believe we subvert the Holy Spirit and I believe that we miss out on a part of what God has for us. Because the Holy Spirit cannot be controlled. We are told in scripture that it spread, this spirit spread like wildfire among the people. It spread because there was something about this spirit of God, something about the spirit of Christ for all of these people who were yearning for purpose and place, who were yearning for community, who were yearning for new life, who were yearning to be untethered from their anger and their hurt and their shame and all that kept them bound. They were yearning to be untethered and that is what the Spirit did. It freed them. And it could not be contained 
despite (laughs) our human attempts. It could not be contained. When I was in middle school, a friend and I went to her house one evening and babysat our little brothers. And while we were doing that, we decided to watch a movie and that it would be great to pop up a bag of popcorn while we watched this movie. But as we popped up the popcorn, instead of hitting two minutes on the dial on the microwave, we hit 20 minutes. And a number of minutes later, as you can imagine, a smell began to fill the house that was not one of butter and salt, but one of something burning. And as we opened up the microwave door, smoke billowed forth, and we opened up every single window and door in the house. We tried to get pillows to flag across the uh, fire detectors so that the firemen wouldn't come and the alarm wouldn't go off, trying as much as we could to get this smell and this smoke out of the house to keep it from spreading. But despite our best efforts, it could not be contained. That stench ended up everywhere. The Holy Spirit cannot be contained. Despite our best efforts, despite how much we may try to tether it, to bend it to our will, to make it so that God's Spirit works with some people and not others, to say that only some can preach the word of God and some can prophesy and some can experience the power of Christ in them and through them. God's spirit says, no, I will pour out my spirit on all people. The spirit meddles with us meddles with our need and our want for control. And it is a beautiful thing when that spirit meddles. My preaching professor in seminary, Dr. Jennifer Brooks, used to talk about that meddling Holy Spirit. And she was Caribbean, and I'm sure I cannot do justice to her amazing accent when she used to say that the spirit meddles all up in your business. And let me tell you that as humans, we don't want the spirit meddling all up in our business. We don't want the spirit to convict us. We don't want the spirit to draw us into places that we would rather not go. We don't want the spirit to make us uncomfortable. We don't want the spirit to send people into our paths that need Jesus, but whom we may feel uncomfortable interacting with. But that meddlesome Holy Spirit is not tethered to our will. And when we listen to that meddlesome Holy Spirit, when we go where the Holy Spirit is calling us, when we receive that fierce fire of God, amazing things can happen. People who feel alone and mistreated, who are mired by shame and weighed down by grief can find hope in a community of God that doesn't try to tell them how to be, but that welcomes them as they are. 
People who are hungry and who are homeless can be fed and can find shelter when the people of God step out of their comfort zones and try to build relationships and find connection with those whom our society often overlooks. When the Holy Spirit meddles, amazing things can happen. And friends, the Holy Spirit is moving. She's moving in our church, in our community, in our world, leading and guiding us to that manifestation of Jesus in ways of justice, in the face of oppression, in leading us to peace in a world that is mired by violence and hatred and anger, leading us in ways of service, in a world that tells us that we must consume and get in order to be fulfilled. But the Holy Spirit is moving, doing amazing things in our church, in our community, and in our world to subvert those powers of the world that try and keep that spirit tethered. So friends, today, my invitation on this Pentecost is for all of us to receive that spirit of God, to listen for its movements so that we can be untethered from our fears, from our anxieties, from our hurt and from our pain, and that we can enter into this world as the people of God working in the way of Jesus towards the visions and dreams of all of those people, leading us towards the vision and dream of God, where the Spirit is indeed poured out on all people. Let us receive that meddlesome Holy Spirit this day so that we can truly, without footnotes or caveats, a reservation, say, come, Holy Spirit, come. Let us seek God's vision for our lives this day. Amen.